You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, Back to the Future, in which we discuss the renewed interest in traditional food preparation methods. Today, we're speaking with Sue Lewis, Vice President of Market Development for the Canada Produce Marketing Association, about the United Nations Year of Fruits and Vegetables and Home Freezing. Welcome, Sue. Thanks, Peggy. Great to be here. Wonderful to have you. So the United Nations has identified 2021 as the year of fruits and vegetables. Just before we discuss the many ways that this is an important topic across the world and at home here in Canada, can you please tell us a little bit more about that? How old is the organization and what's your purpose? Yes, the Canadian Produce Marketing Association is 96 years old and looking pretty good for our age, I must say. We're made up of member companies who are all doing business in the fresh fruit and vegetable sector in Canada. So everyone from the farmer and the grower all the way through the transportation system, right up to your local retailer or a person selling the food to you at the market. So CPMA works to help facilitate trade for our members, but we also have a consumer facing part of our organization where we have our half year plate program. And that's where we try and provide information to Canadians to help them make healthy food choices and make food choices easy. So there's lots of information for them, like recipes and tips and nutrition advice from registered dietitians and great recipes from chefs. So all kinds of things to make uh, the food we eat a lot more fun. What a great purpose. And I have seen some of your recipes and they're making me hungry right now. And I've just eaten. (laughs) And what a great range of activities you're engaged in supporting producers and all the way through to helping consumers know and households know just how to eat in the most delicious way, the fruits and vegetables that are prepared across our wonderful nation. That's an incredible purpose. So encouraging to know that we've had such a long-standing relationship with producers and fruits and vegetables and all this incredible education that you offer that that's just wonderful. So helping households understand the diversity and value of our nation's fruit and vegetables is made possible by our dedicated farmers. Yet the Canada Produce Marketing Association also participates at a global community level. And can you tell us a little bit about this? Absolutely. Being a relatively cold weather climate in Canada, we rely on a lot of imports from other countries to get a variety of fruits and vegetables year round. And so a lot of the the companies that we work with are not located in Canada, but they're selling into Canada or a lot of our wholesalers in Canada are buying internationally and and bringing those fruits and vegetables to us. So we have access to this produce year round. So CPMA works with other country associations such as ourselves to talk about what they're doing in their countries, what's coming into season that might be showing up on Canadian shelves shortly. We also work with international organizations to coordinate on issues. So helping to facilitate trade because somebody might have a great product, but if it's not recognized for sale in Canada, it would be hard to bring it in here. So we we try and help people to make sure we can get access to this produce year round when it's in season and right at its peak. That's great. And you're right. I absolutely love oranges and I love a lot of things that we don't necessarily grow in Canada. So it's wonderful that you're working right across the world with producers so that we can have uh, lots of delicious things. And how interesting for you to mention that there are items that there is demand for with our multicultural Uh, population in Canada that we don't necessarily see on the market, or we need to put things in place to to have it on the market. In one of my home economics high school classes, we ate what was uh, new foods that really hadn't been seen before. And it was kiwi and star fruit. And so things that we see everywhere and all the time now. So it's wonderful that as the world um, starts to be able to have incredible trade relationships, that we get all these unique things. And uh, I can't wait to try some of the new things that 
that I'm sure are going to be coming onto the shelf soon. Peggy, you're so right when you talk about multicultural, because we have so many lovely cultures in Canada and they bring some of their favorites with them and they become part of our mainstream food choices. So, you know, that international connection is, is very important, not just to a born and bred Canadian like myself, but for newcomers to the country to have that familiarity when they can go into a grocery store or a local specialty store and see produce that they're familiar with. Yeah, I think that's wonderful too. And for Canadians that haven't seen it, what a wonderful opportunity to discover where it came from, where it grows, the culture that it emerged from, how to prepare it. Maybe we know neighbors or people that are members of our groups or where we work that can help us with that. I just think it's a it's a great opportunity and how fantastic the Canada Produce Marketing Association is helping us all do that. So keeping with the global focus of our dialogue, every year, the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization identifies an important food category to place an emphasis and a focus on in order to raise awareness on human nutrition, food security, and really the attainment of the sustainable development goals that the United Nations has. This year, the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization has identified fruits and vegetables. It's the year of fruits and vegetables. Why do you think this is so important, Sue? Our food system refers to the many types of organizations and people that work together to ensure a safe and healthy supply of food. So while we think of the obvious players like farmers and retailers, there's lots of other contributors that help us have a steady food supply. So we might not as much think about academics or researchers, and they're constantly looking at ways to improve on food safety. Their research helps to increase yields and develop new varieties of our favorite foods. We might not think about packaging and equipment manufacturers, and yet they play a critical role to help us provide effective, sustainable, lightweight materials that help preserve freshness for as long as possible. When we're talking about bringing in food from other countries, it may be on a ship for a few weeks. We want to make sure that it arrives at its optimal quality, and that's made possible by these scientific advancements and packaging advancements. We also know that the food system has to work together to ensure reliable supply. So just because we can get something to a dock in South America, that's still an awful long way from your grocery store. So there's a lot of players along the way that help to make that possible. And that's why our food system is so important. You know what? I I couldn't agree with you more that it's interesting to understand the process, but sometimes it can be a little depersonalized and we need everyone every step of the way. The people that are preparing packaging, uh, all the innovations and sustainability and the different types of materials that are now recyclable. It's it's a lot of people working together. And of course, Canada, we're great exporters too. A lot of our stuff is going somewhere to sit on the docks. So those mutual relationships, the overarching goodwill that organizations like the Canada Produce Marketing Association does really, really, really important. And certainly the United Nations agrees because they created the International Year of Fruits and Vegetables, which is this year, 2021. And some of the areas that the United Nations points out as important are sustainable production, reducing trade loss and waste management. And Sue, I'm wondering how does Canada fit into the worldwide strategies and solutions in these areas? Canada has a very strong reputation um, when it comes to sustainability. Our agriculture sector is known for setting measurable goals and working towards achieving them. So we're, we're very well respected in that regard. It's an ongoing situation, as you can imagine. It's not something that, that ever changes. You meet one goal, there's more science and more information and, and you adjust and keep moving on. With regard to food waste, 
That's certainly something that's becoming more and more on people's minds. And it's a responsibility from everybody, right from the, the very first person involved in the supply chain, right through to the consumer. And there are lots of strategies being employed to minimize food waste right across the whole spectrum. We see that sustainability also involves things like packaging and plastics. And we know that plastics are a very hot topic with a lot of people, and we're all concerned about plastic waste. So there's a lot of work in the produce sector to reduce unnecessary or problematic plastics, recognizing that they do serve a key role in preserving food's freshness and in a food safety capacity as well. So there's a lot of factors that come into it, but it's certainly top of mind to anybody working in the produce sector. I couldn't agree more with you, Sue. And I think that when we do see opportunities for change or improvement, that the upside of that argument is there's an opportunity for a lot of innovation, a lot of creativity, whether that's with the scholars you were mentioning, whether that's the people um, that are really close to the production point in the food supply system, that they're the ones that have all the information, they have ideas. And I think that we need to remain optimistic and supportive of all the innovations that can come out of moments of change. So really, really, really great tips. Sue, as citizens, we all need to support governments and initiatives that improve fruits and vegetable production and consumption for the entire human family. And one of the UN's key messages is respect food from farm to table. And how can we contribute to this in our own homes? Peggy, I think one of the most important things we can do is to be really conscious of our food waste and try and limit food waste as much as possible. Um, things like planning your, your meals and your shopping so that you're buying the appropriate amount of things each week that don't go bad in the fridge before we have a chance to use them. Learning how to properly store your produce. You know, some things do better on the counter than they do in the fridge. And everybody wants to eat their produce when it tastes its best. So taking that tomato out of the fridge and biting into it, you might not have the same wonderful flavor experience you would have if you left it on the counter and sliced it up. So learning how to take care of the produce that you do pay good money for will help you to enjoy it more. Reducing food waste is certainly one way that we can respect food from farm to table. Really good idea. And that topic is definitely top of mind. We have an entire series on the show, Waste Not, where we dedicate it to food waste. And, and you're right. If you kind of make preparing your food particularly produce when you get home from the grocery store, if you build into that cycle to peel your carrots or prepare your celery or, you know, de-stem your tomatoes or whatever it is, and it's ready to go when you're ready to go during the week instead of, oh, it's so much work. I've got to do all of these things. So that planning ahead, it is respectful of the food item. And it also is respectful of everyone that contributed to getting it to your table and not wasting it, that it is valuable. It is important. And eating a variety of fruits and vegetables on a daily basis contributes to physical well-being across the human life cycle. However, cultivating fruits and vegetables has a role in economic well-being and better quality of life for family farmers in their communities. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Well, Canada has about 249,000 jobs that are directly related to the fresh fruit and vegetable sector. So that's a, a big contributor to our GDP. And these Jobs are well-paid jobs. There's a lot of skilled labor and there's a lot of spin-offs to that as well. So in Canada, we can't meet all of our labor needs with the Canadian workforce. And we do bring in workers from foreign countries to help seasonally. And those workers are also sending money back to their countries. So there's a benefit, not just to Canadians, but 
also to these workers who come and help us to have access to fresh and healthy fruits and vegetables so that their communities get stronger. And that's not recognized as official government aid, but it certainly is significantly contributing to some of those other economies. That's a, such an important factor. I grew up uh, picking apples and we had a number of people came every year. We knew them, they knew us, and they were you know, able to put their children through school and have a better quality of life. So we do contribute with um, the incredible people this time of year joining us, some a little earlier, depending on the crop they were helping harvest, but we are part of the global economic community in our food supply. And certainly it's when there, there is government regulations and there, when there's gaps, there's a whole process for that to happen. And yes, we want to keep Canadians working, but there is an opportunity for us to help in many, many ways, not just export our fruits and vegetables, but to help other people come and really improve their conditions from where they're living by working with some of the, the Canadian farmers. That's, that's an excellent point on the economic well-being on a broad scale that fruits and vegetables does allow for. Thank you very much for that, Sue. That was a wonderful addition to our dialogue on the show. After the break, we'll hear more from Sue Lewis, the Vice President of Market Development at the Canada Pro Produce Marketing Association, an organization that since 1925 has been helping individuals access some of the best fruits and vegetables in the world. Sue will give us some of her favorite tips on home freezing so that we're all set for winter. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. We're speaking about home freezing with Sue Lewis, Vice President of Development at the Canadian Produce Marketing Association. Sue, let's start with the very, very basics. What is home freezing and what are its origins? Well, home freezing is exactly what it sounds like. It's taking produce that's fresh now at its peak of flavor and freshness and putting it away safely so that you have access to it in the colder months when we might not have access to certain things or the price point might be a little bit higher. And as far as the origins, Peggy, I think there's probably been home freezing going on as long as people have had access to cold weather and ice boxes. But it really started to take off 40 years ago when home appliances became more popular and more affordable. People started buying chest freezers so they would have that extra capacity in their homes and have the chance to put some food away in the summertime that they could access in the winter. You're right. And nothing tastes better when you taste that home frozen corn that came right off the cob. There's just something it just takes like it just came right off the cob. And it's such a treat in the middle of winter as are the strawberries or the peaches or whatever it is that you decided to freeze. So it's a wonderful time of year to start thinking about this and you can take baby steps. You don't have to necessarily reinvent your entire kitchen, but it's wonderful to participate in. And how does someone get started? Is there special equipment or supplies? Are there safety considerations, Sue? There are always safety considerations, and, and probably the most important is to make sure that the produce you're working with and all the utensils you're working with are nice and clean. So you want to start with, with a good uh, hot water and soap rinse, not, not soap on the produce, but on your utensils, and then clean all your produce. Really, if you have a pot and a big bowl for cold water and a slotted spoon or a, a mesh basket, you can get started home freezing. And then are there specific things that will freeze well, items that beginners could start with to have success? And, and what should they look for when selecting produce that they plan to freeze? So there are certainly many produce items that do freeze well. A few that don't that are probably obvious things like lettuce greens or radishes would not be very successful when you tried to thaw them. But many items do. And if you if you check out our website, halfyourplate.ca, there's a full list uh, of 
produce items that you can freeze easily. Things like corn you referred to, that's a pretty easy one. And, and it does smell and taste so great when you open it up uh, from the freezer. Sweet peppers, bell peppers freeze really nicely and they, they don't require a lot of work. But really just about anything you want, depending on how you're going to use it, you can throw it in the freezer now. So we've gone a little bit through the process, but you had mentioned keeping things nice and clean and uh, that included the produce. So what happens once you get your fruits and vegetables home from the farm stand market or the grocery store, uh, or you, maybe you've picked it from your own backyard or received it from a family member? How do you prepare it? Like what is making it nice and clean, the fruits and vegetables? Sure. So a good rinse under running water will do the trick for your for your fruits and veggies. You want to make sure that you're going to do the freezing shortly after washing. So you might have to bunch it off into smaller chunks. Maybe you're going to do the peppers in the morning and then move to do something else the next day or later that afternoon. Ideally, you want to freeze your produce while it's still at its peak of freshness. So especially, you know, those strawberries, you get them home and they're fabulous. That's the time to put some in the freezer because they'll be just as fabulous when you thaw them out. Good advice. Okay. And then to build a little bit more on, you had mentioned the equipment that you need for uh, home freezing a pot and a slotted spoon. There's something called blanching in the freezing process, and it's a very specific purpose. And can you walk us through what that is? Sure. Blanching really refers to putting your produce into boiling water for a specific amount of time. And what that does is it really stops the produce from ripening any further. So you're going to capture all that color and flavor as it is right when it's fresh. So you put the produce in the boiling water and then you're immediately, once it's reached its time, you're going to take it out and put it into cold water. And different fruits and vegetables require different blanching times. So I really encourage people to check online for blanching time guides. There are lots of them on there and that'll help you. But the rule of thumb is as long as your produce is in the boiling water, that's how long it should be in the cold water. So if it calls for something to blanch for three minutes, once you reach that three minutes, you want to take it out and put it in a cold bath for another three minutes. Okay. So you maybe just answered my next question, which is once the blanching process is complete, why do we need to chill it? And you had mentioned putting it in the cold water for equal amounts of time. And you also had mentioned earlier half your plate resource that the Canadian Produce Marketing Association has available. Yep. Halfyourplate.ca halfyourplate.ca. And then we'll be able to have lots of freezing tips. Let me ask you a question about this cold water. Won't the produce just cool on its own? What do we have to put it in cold water for? Well, the cold water stops the cooking. So you've blanched it to preserve that peak flavor. And then you want to stop that. So the hot water would kind of stay in the produce as it was cooling off in your freezer. The cold water bath just skips that step and gets it uh, nicely cooled down. So you preserve all that color and flavor. So it shocks it back into it and gets the chilling process going. Excellent. And that also helps, like you said, color and flavor when you pull it out of the freezer later on. Well, the people that have been home freezing, and I know culinary experts and chefs and, and culinary historians, they've been doing this for many, many years. So there's a technique, it works, it's proven, although simple. And so one of the best ways to approach it. So I'm just wondering what your favorite thing to pull out of the freezer in the middle of the cold Canadian winter is, and how do you serve it? Well, Peggy, I'm a real soup girl. So my favorite thing is anything that I can throw into a soup. So right now I have a lots of fresh broccoli that's in my freezer. I've got cauliflower and I have lots of sweet peppers. So I find that I like to freeze things in the size that I'm going to use them. So I always chop up my sweet peppers, freeze them on a cookie sheet for about an hour until they're ready to be put in a bag and they won't all stick together 
together in a big bunch and then I can just pull out a handful and add them to a soup or a spaghetti sauce in the winter and it's a little taste of sunshine. Oh, I bet. And what a great tip to buy freezing bags in the size that you want to use it in. So if you only need a cup of peas or you generally use maybe a cup or two cups of peppers, there are all different sizes. And then you don't get into having to put a bag back in the freezer. It's ready to go. It's it's convenience. So planning ahead, really great idea. Sue, I wish we had more time, but do you have any final comments to share with our listeners about fruit and vegetable production and consumption or home freezing? Uh, maybe just one final tip, Peggy, for people that are looking for things that they might throw in a soup, for example, like a, a whole bunch of cauliflower, there's no need to freeze it individually. You're going to chop it up and blanch it. You could freeze that in one bag because it's going to go into a pot anyway. But for things like strawberries, where you just might want a handful for that smoothie, it's really great to spread them out on a cookie sheet, let them freeze individually before you put them in the freezer bag. And then you won't have a big clump of strawberries that you have to thaw the whole thing. You can just grab the handful you need and, and use them and you'll still have lots more for, for the future. And my final remark would be, don't forget to fill half your plate with fruits and veggies at every meal and snack. I couldn't agree more. Fruits and veggies are definitely part of a delicious and nutritious diet. Thank you so much, Sue, for our conversation today. I'm absolutely delighted to hear about the amazing contributions that Canadian fruit and vegetable growers are making to help realize a flourishing food system at home and beyond and all across the world as we've talked to you today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Sincere pleasure to have you today. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Sue Lewis, Vice President of Market Development at the Canadian Produce Marketing Association. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about? Is there a new fruit or vegetable you've seen in your local market that you'd like to try? something to do? Visit the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization's website to find out more about the International Year of Fruits and Vegetables. Next week on the show, we'll discuss food insecurity and culture. We'll discuss the regular availability of desirable foods to meet the needs of our diverse Canadian nation. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.